Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll take a trip down under, we'll throw some things, We'll visit some lighthouses, hear about some little white things, and get stung. I received a very nice email a couple of weeks ago from listener Colin, just to say that he continues to listen and enjoy the show, and finds it fun and informative. Thank you, Colin. I sincerely appreciate the feedback. I often remind listeners that requests for a particular song or artist are always welcome, as are suggestions for segment topics, and without realizing it, Colin provided the subject for this first segment of tonight's show. That's because in his email he mentioned that he lives in Alligator Creek. Not the Alligator Creek in Georgia, Montana, or Florida here in the U.S., no, 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 but the small rural town of Alligator Creek in Queensland, Australia. It looks like a lovely place, but keep in mind if you're swimming in the area that it and Crocodile Creek are apparently aptly named. So for Colin and his 1,000 or so neighbors in Alligator Creek, Australia, is a set of rapidly rotating records about alligators. Thank you. 
making their Triple R debut, John Hyman and his Bayou Stompers with Alligator Blues, one of just two sides recorded by the group. John Wigington Hyman wrote Alligator Blues under the name Johnny Wiggs, along with Horace Diaz, pianist in the band. Another of the Bayou Stompers was Alvin Garreau on harmonica. That recording, Victor 20593, was made in New Orleans and will be having its 94th birthday in three days. Before that, The Alligator Pond Went Dry, written by Victoria Spivey, who was accompanied there by John Irby on piano and Lonnie Johnson on guitar. OK 8481 was recorded in St. Louis on April 27, 1927. We started that alligator set with Peter Paquet and his swing orchestra with his tune, Lullaby for a Mexican Alligator. Yes, it does sound like it could be a Raymond Scott title. Jazz trumpeter, arranger, and composer Peter Paquet was born in Brussels, Belgium on August 8, 1904, and you might be hearing more from him this summer. Lullaby for a Mexican Alligator was recorded May 4, 1940, and issued on the Jazz Club record label. Felix Feck, who had worked on the British Edison Bell and Imperial labels, was head of Decca Records in Belgium, and in 1933 formed the Jazz Club of Belgium with some top Belgian jazz artists, including Peter Paquet. The Jazz Club record label followed in 1938. The Nazis banned the word jazz and jailed the founders, but the label was revived following the war, and is currently owned by Hans Kuster's Music of Belgium. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Friend, listener, and fellow record collector and vintage music radio host Joe Bosom posted a picture on Facebook a couple of weeks ago of a record he's been looking for for decades and finally found, Throwin' the Horns by the New Orleans Owls, on Columbia 1261 from October of 1927. I played it back in April of 2017, and Joe may be playing it on his show, so I'll leave that to him. But I do have a couple of other records to throw your way in this segment. And just in case you're not familiar with Joe's show... It's called Friction and is heard on the second and fourth Thursdays of each month at 10 p.m. Eastern over WMKV-FM 89.3 in Reading, Ohio, serving Greater Cincinnati. Fortunately for the rest of the world, it's available streaming online at WMKVFM.org, and I hope you'll give a listen to Joe's fine program. And now... Here are the ambassadors who have the throwdown blues.
Petey Wheatstraw and his Blue Blowers and that five-piece group's only recording, Throw Me in the Alley, made in Chicago on August 24, 1934. Blues singer, guitarist, and pianist Petey Wheatstraw was born William Bunch in Ripley, Tennessee on December 21, 1902. On almost all of his recordings, he played piano, but the only known photograph of him shows him holding a guitar, which is what he played on this recording. And he also sang the vocal with his trademark, Woo, well, well. Petey Wheatstraw, who used the nicknames The Devil's Son-in-Law and The High Sheriff from Hell, died in 1941 when his car collided with a train less than a mile from his home. And as a hopper of freight trains, I can assure you there's never a tie at the crossing. Before Petey Wheatstraw was the Triple R debut of Throwdown Blues, composed by B. Lou Jackson. I could find no information whatsoever about B. Lou Jackson, other than he also composed Bass Ale Blues, Reezer's Edge, and Mean Dog Blues. Phil Napoleon and Frank Signorelli recorded the Throwdown Blues as members of the original Memphis Five for Victor in February of 1925, and for Columbia in September of 1925. On the Columbia label, Napoleon and Signorelli share a composer credit, but on the Victor label, B. Lou Jackson is left out completely. The recording we heard is from Vocalion 14933, made in late November of 1934, and the label says played by the Ambassadors, with Napoleon and Signorelli, as well as Miff Mole on trombone and Joe Tarto on brass bass. B. Lou Jackson gets sole composer credit on that label. Who doesn't love lighthouses? 
According to the United States Lighthouse Society, the first known lighthouse was the Pharos of Alexandria, Egypt, constructed by Ptolemy I around 300 B.C. At 450 feet high, it was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. There have been about 1,500 lighthouses constructed in the U.S., the oldest on Little Brewster Island in outer Boston Harbor, in 1716. It's known as Boston Light and is still in operation. Although it, like all U.S. lighthouses, is automated, Congress declared that Boston Light should always be a staffed station, so it's the only official lighthouse with a lighthouse keeper. The newest U.S. lighthouse is Sullivan's Island, South Carolina, built in 1962, the only lighthouse equipped with an elevator, and also the most powerful, originally with 28 million candle power. I could probably go on for most of the hour with interesting facts and information about lighthouses, but I'll stop and play a set of rapidly rotating records about lighthouses. Like a love light when clouds drive the moon. There's a little white lighthouse where the night birds grew. We can stroll beside the seaside, beside love's lagoon. Dreaming in the gloaming where the sea is foaming. Just a happy pair with hearts in tune. And the little white lighthouse will be twinkling soon. As we sail away to love land on our honeymoon.
Oh! 
being heard on the show for the first time, but probably not the last, duo accordionists Ragnar Sundquist and Eric Olson with The Darkened Lighthouses, from Victor 77209, recorded September 18, 1923. In addition to English, the label lists the title in Finnish, Norwegian, and Swedish, don't worry, I'm not even going to attempt those pronunciations, but maybe Leif Halin can give me a hand with that. Before Sundquist and Olsen was founder of the Shannon Four, which would become the Revelers, Basso Profundo Wilfred Glenn with When the Bell in the Lighthouse Rings. He recorded it for Victor in 1914, for Columbia in 1916, for OK in 1921, and again for Victor on October 26, 1923, which is the record we heard, catalog number 19116. When the Bell in the Lighthouse Rings was composed by Alfred Salmon, with the words by Arthur J. Lamb. We began that lighthouse segment with Maurice Winnick and his sweet music, with Sam Costa providing the vocal, on A Little White Lighthouse. That was recorded at the Piccadilly Hotel, London, on February 17, 1938, and released on DECA F-6631. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. And we're on all the major podcast directories. We started that last segment with A Little White Lighthouse. If you watch Wheel of Fortune, you know that with the COVID situation, the contestants hold in their hand what host Pat Sajak refers to as the little white thing to spin the wheel so they're not directly touching it. And for this segment, we've got some songs about some other little white things. Little front door wins, but won't you 
of the little white house with a little green blind at the end of honeymoon lane dodo
Turner Layton and Clarence Johnstone with Walter Donaldson's Little White Lies, recorded in London in October of 1930. Layton and Johnstone met in 1921 while they were both working in W.C. Handy's music publishing company in New York. The following year they formed their partnership and in 1923 sailed to England, where they appeared in theaters, restaurants, and nightclubs, were heard regularly on the radio, and made scores of recordings. They were immensely popular until 1935. Leighton is the tenor and plays the piano, and Johnstone is the baritone. The Savoy Orpheans started things off with Carol Gibbons directing from the piano on their version of The Little White House at the End of Honeymoon Lane. The vocalist on HMV 5299, made June 15, 1927, is Ramon Newton with Jim Cassidy, Reedman in the band. This Little White House was written by Eddie Dowling and James F. Hanley and is not to be confused with The Little White House on the Hillside, written by Harry Bertram, or There's a Little White House Where the Red Red Roses Go, by Billy Rose and Harry Axt. And we've got a couple more little white things to hear about. For I bring a little white gardenia as refreshing as a day in May You may wear it if you care Or toss it away If you look into this white gardenia There's a message there I dare not say That I let this little white gardenia convey Tomorrow we may be together or so far apart. Take this token of my love, cherish it and keep it close to your heart. If our paths should ever cross again, dear, accidentally or by fate's desire, if you wear a little white gardenia, I'll know you.
Snow White mice, Red Teddy at Ted, so precise. Red Teddy at Ted, little mice, having a holiday. Pretty kitty, 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 meow. Pretty kitty, 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 meow. Pussy cat quietly stealing, makes them scat. All of them squealing, pussy cat breaks up the big parade. Kitty's done her bit of good work. See them run into the woodwork. I'm afraid it's the end of the little white mice If you didn't know, you might not guess that band to be Vincent Lopez, but it is. Vincent Lopez and his Suave Swing Orchestra, October 23, 1939, with Parade of the Little White Mice. Bernardo Fazioli, Cesar Fazioli, and Mickey Alpert wrote the tune, with the words by Jack Lawrence. That's from Bluebird 10481, and the vocalist is Penny Parker. She made at least nine sides with Lopez in 1939 and 40, and the Clinton, Indiana Daily Clintonian described her voice as cute and shy. I checked, and she's been heard once before on the show back in December of 2013, singing You're Just as Cute as Christmas, also with Lopez. Before the petite Penny Parker was Denny Dennis with Roy Fox and his band and a little white gardenia written by Sam Coslow. DECA 5508 was recorded in London on April 2, 1935. Our younger granddaughter, Allison, is not going to be happy about my sharing this, but until she was about five years old and Rita was providing child care for her and her sister, she had a terrycloth bathrobe towel that was like a honeybee costume. It had a hood and was very colorful with black and yellow stripes, complete with antennae and a stinger. Following a bath, Allison would take great delight putting it on and flying around the house to sting me with it. As she did so, saying, STING! Of course, you know that real worker bees can sting only once and then typically die, but fortunately not so Allison. And you also know that drone bees have no stingers. This whole topic came up because last week, as I was putting together the playlist for Margaret Young's birthday segment, I came across her recording of Stingo Stungo. Miss Patricola, Von DeLeith, and Robert White also recorded vocal versions. But here's Frank Crummett. Bungo, bingo, bungo, lived a girl named Stingo, Stungo, Stingo, Stungo. She had fleas, bumblebees, caught on the wind to bite. 
sticked them on the fellows if they didn't free her right. From the swamps and from the marshes came those lovesick young cool arches as they form a ring. One by one they sing, I've been stung by bumblebees. Mosquitoes too, they made me black and blue. I've been stung by nits and gnats of every size. They stung me once, stung me twice, stung me where it was at night. They even stung me in the wild wood, in my childhood, that's true. Oh, I've had fleas and bumblebees bite holes in me like oyster cheese, but single stungle, I never was stungle like I've been stung by you. Undercover, undercover, she was smart. Her sweetheart didn't have a cent. So she set him up in business selling linemans. She said, listen to me, honey. Everything will bring us money. You'll know all is well when you hear them yell. by bumblebees, mosquitoes too, they make me black and blue, I've been stung by nits and gnats of every size, they stung me once, stung me twice, stung me where it was at night, they even stung me in the wild wood, in my childhood, that's so many spots I look like I wear pokey dots But single stung, no one ever was stung Oh, like I've been stung by you
Classic blues singer Sarah Martin, billed as the famous Monan Mama, accompanied by Clarence Williams in his orchestra, including King Oliver and Cyrus St. Clair on brass bass, with Death Sting Me Blues. That was recorded in Long Island City, New York, in November of 1928 and issued on QRS R7042. Yes, QRS, the piano roll people. Before that, Jabbo Smith's Rhythm Aces and I Got the Stinger from a Brunswick 78 made in Chicago on June 7, 1929. Trumpeter Cladis Jabbo Smith was born in Pembroke, Georgia on Christmas Eve 1908 and formed his quintet, the Rhythm Aces, at the behest of Brunswick Record Company executive Mayo Williams. The group made a total of 19 sides between January and August of 1929. In addition to playing trumpet on that recording, Jabbo Smith also sang the vocal and wrote, I Got the Stinger. Frank Crummett started that stinging segment with the story of Stingo Stungo from Columbia 3968, August 3, 1923. Lou Brown wrote the words and James F. Hanley the melody. Oh, and by the way, Allison's honeybee robe towel has been passed down to our great-granddaughter, Adeline. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs>